0: This is a podcast by The Business Times. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mark to Market podcast. My name is Ben Paul, and I'm a senior correspondent at The Business Times. This series of podcasts, which is based on my weekly column in The Business Times, aims to provide analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. One of the most underappreciated stories of the COVID-19 era in which we are still living is the return of retail investors as a force in the market. Over the last couple of weeks, a particularly interesting chapter in this story began unfolding. A group of retail investors who use a Reddit group called Wall Street Bets to exchange information and draw inspiration from one another effectively organized a short squeeze on a US-listed stock called GameStop that drove it through the roof and resulted in a couple of hedge funds who were on the short side of the trade Suffering billions of dollars in losses. Since then, other retail investors around the world have been trying to band together in a similar way to run up stocks in their own markets, and they are creating new subreddits modeled on Wall Street bets. There is now a subreddit called Bursa Bets focused on Malaysian stocks, and another called SGX Bets, which is focused on stocks here in Singapore. The volatility that all of this has caused has prompted regulators to begin looking for potential misconduct by some market players and warnings to investors to be careful about getting caught up in so-called pump-and-dump operations. So in this podcast, I thought it would be a good idea to delve into the topic of what the surge in retail investor activity means for the markets. I will explore what motivates retail investors and what impact they've had in the local market over the past year. I will also talk about whether the popular narrative around the short squeeze of GameStop is accurate and what that whole episode means for investors and regulators. Finally, I will also offer some views on what investors should do as new subreddits based on Wall Street bets proliferate and trading activity in the market becomes more speculative. Let's start with what and who these retail investors are. Just about every media story presents this group of investors as having limited financial resources and limited knowledge compared to professional investors. More importantly, retail investors are also often portrayed as being prone to taking excessive amounts of risk. Consequently, the term retail investor is often used in a pejorative way, referring essentially to the dumb money in the market. In my view, this portrayal of retail investors is accurate, a little unkind. Judging from the content on social media channels where they congregate, retail investors seem to invest in stocks in the same way one supports a football team, and they evidently enjoy gambling, especially when they do it together. Now, in my view, this form of investing, if you can call it that, will not serve them well over the long term. But as long as they are not investing the bulk of their money in this way, I don't think it's a big deal. In fact, different types of investors with varied perceptions of value, makes for a healthy market. In Singapore, it was actually retail investors who were big net buyers of stocks, largely big blue chip stocks, as the market came off its COVID-19 lows in March last year. That was the subject of one of my mark-to-market columns in the Business Times in July 2020, which analyzed trade flow data from the Singapore exchange. The data showed that institutional investors were net sellers even as the STI started climbing in the second quarter. In effect, retail investors had the risk tolerance to stand on the other side of the trade and accumulate stock that the institutions were selling at the time. It wasn't until the last couple of months of 2020, when excitement about the arrival of COVID-19 vaccines began growing, that institutional investors became net buyers of Singapore stocks again. To put the scale of these trade flows into context, For the whole of 2020, institutional investors were net sellers in the local market to the tune of almost $5.7 billion. On the other hand, retail investors were net buyers for more than $8 billion worth of local shares. So, with the benefit of hindsight, it seems that the risk-taking instincts of local retail investors served them very well last year. But it wasn't just retail investors in Singapore who were active last year. Brokerage firms across the world, from the United States to Japan, were reporting a surge in new account openings and an explosion in trading activity by their retail clients. I'm not sure that anyone knows what triggered this boom in retail trading activity. Some have suggested ultra-loose monetary and fiscal policies as factors. Others have suggested that it had something to do with people feeling bored while isolated at home. Some other people have attributed it to low-cost stock trading platforms. In particular, Robinhood, a commission-free trading platform in the US that offers options, margin trading, and fractional shares, has been hugely successful at drawing retail customers. Whatever the reasons for the pickup in retail trading activity, the impact of that increased activity was a source of consternation for a lot of market watchers. Unlike in Singapore, where retail investors were essentially just piling into blue-chip stocks, retail investors in the US were driving up prices of companies that had been in deep financial trouble even before COVID-19 came along. Among them were the bankrupt car rental firm Hertz and the struggling department store operator JCPenney, both of which saw enormous but short-lived gains in their share prices in June last year. So retail investors were already causing big spikes in prices of some stocks long before GameStop began making headlines. The reason the run-up in GameStop gained so much attention was not just because the stock had jumped more than 16 times in value within the month of January, but because that massive increase in its share price appeared to be the result of deliberate and coordinated action by the retail investors. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to the BT mark to market podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Like us, and give us a rating. And now back to my analysis and insights on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. The Wall Street Bets Reddit group specifically targeted GameStop because of the strong short interest in the stock. They seemed to understand that if they pushed hard enough, the short sellers might be forced to cover their short positions in order to cap their losses, which would drive the stock even higher. The plan, if there really was a plan, couldn't have worked out better. Besides triggering a huge jump in GameStop's share price, a hedge fund called Melvin Capital Management that had shorted the stock was squeezed out of its position with such a huge loss that it subsequently said it had accepted a 2.75 billion dollars 75 infusion from two other hedge funds. The popular narrative that resulted from this was that a group of amateur investors had made a bucket load of money for themselves while putting the hurt on a supposedly savvy hedge fund. Small investors had struck a righteous blow for themselves and bloodied the collective noses of the Wall Street establishment. In fact, when Robin Hood temporarily restricted trading of GameStop amid all the volatility, some market watchers saw it as the establishment striking back by depressing the stock in order to let the short sellers off the hook. Compelling as this narrative is, I don't completely buy it. In my view, the GameStop short squeeze was a reflection of something far more prosaic than class war. In the first place, we don't even know for sure who actually participated in the GameStop short squeeze. A lot of participants may well have been small investors who wanted to stick it to some fat cat hedge fund guys. But it's also possible that very sophisticated investors, including some hedge funds, joined in as GameStop began to climb. In fact, I'd be very surprised if this was not the case. This is just the nature of the market. Already, one of the ringleaders of the short squeeze, who was active on Wall Street bets, has been identified as a registered securities broker in the US, who until very recently was employed by an insurance and financial services group. The way I see it, the GameStop short squeeze was really just another sign of the disruptive power of the internet and social media, and a warning to market players and regulators that they need to adapt and adjust the way they operate. The Wall Street Bets Reddit group basically enabled and inspired retail investors to band together like never before in a common purpose. It gave these investors, at least fleetingly, a great deal of market power and influence. In the wake of the GameStop short squeeze, hedge funds were reportedly cutting back their short positions on other stocks, fearing that they could be the next target of some group of amateur investors out for blood. Going forward, Analysts and traders at these firms are very likely to continue monitoring discussions on Reddit groups for information to help them make the most of opportunities and mitigate risks. On the other hand, regulators have the very difficult task of ensuring that social media platforms do not become a destabilizing force in the markets as their influence grows. Most importantly, regulators have to ensure that social media platforms do not become a means of spreading misinformation bad actors. Market participants cope with incomplete information all the time, but they should not have to fear that information in the market is false. That would be very negative for the effective functioning of the market, in my view. Regulators at home and abroad have already indicated their determination to maintain the integrity of their markets and ensure that prevailing rules are not flouted. The big question is whether they'll be able to do this effectively. Is it feasible to demand that every Reddit group participant be properly qualified to advise investors about stocks? How on earth would these retail investors know whether their behaviour in any way infringes the Securities and Futures Act? In any case, are retail investors really doing any harm when they willfully try to boost the market price of stocks they own by expressing opinions laced with their own hopes and dreams for the future? Aren't the CEOs of these companies doing the same thing, when they meet analysts and fund managers and attempt to put the best possible spin on the outlook for their businesses? Let me finish this podcast with one final thought about what all this means for investors. Clearly, with the increased participation of retail investors and postings on Reddit groups being taken more seriously, the markets are becoming more speculative and volatile. For that reason, MAS and SGX have recently advised the investing public to be on heightened alert to the risks related to trading insecurities incited by online discussion forums and social media chat groups. In fact, two months ago, SGX also warned the public not to be taken in by pump-and-dump activities, exploiting Telegram chats and other social media channels. These warnings are well-intentioned, and they are well worth heeding. But a speculative market environment is also where investors can make easy money by doing little else than following the crowd on Reddit and Telegram. In my view, there's little harm in joining the party with a small amount of money that you can afford to lose. Just remember to take your profits and cut your losses quickly, and ensure that you are reducing your exposure to the market, not increasing it, as the market rises. In the end, a market needs an investor base that is comfortable with taking a wide variety of risks, if it is to be a fertile ground for new listings and IPOs, which is something that Singapore certainly has not been for quite a long time. That's it for this fourth episode of Mark to Market. You can follow my Mark to Market podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. That was an SBH podcast by the Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcastsbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at the Straits Times, the Business Times, and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.